Max Crosby. He's going to come in at the end, punch it out. Holmes is sacked by Crosby. His second of the game. Love sacked Crosby. Man. Man. over here welcome back to our huddle this is the rush with the one and only mad max i'm your co-host brogan roback and our two degenerates that we love with our entire heart dt and krill welcome back boys yes, yes sir. sir yes we're sir. happy to be here baby yes sir ski the boys Big are dub. buzzing Buzzing. They better be how can you not be after that um really quickly before we take a deep dive everybody that tuned in to the second episode um earlier this week we love we appreciate you guys seriously it means a lot um, and if you're watching this video right now, down below, like, <laughs> subscribe, and comment. It goes a long way. The support, we truly love it. And also, we can't wait to take you guys on this journey with us. So let's get this thing cracking. Um, yes, sir. Obviously, it's week five, Monday Night Football. If you weren't tuned in, what were you doing? Uh, Monday Night Football, like I said, at Las Vegas, Green Bay, Raiders coming out on top. Let's go, baby. 17-13. Max, I'm going to send this bitch over to you. Just your opening thoughts. We appreciate you fucking lighting it up for us. <laughs> you already know, bro. Um, great week of preparation, like uh, you know they all talk about. But for real, you know everyone was locked in all week. Uh, we knew we had to get a win. You dropped a one and four. Shit starts getting ugly. So uh, we knew we had to be locked in and, and get this big win at home. And so dudes were fucking dialed in. It was ugly. It was like some AFC North football, you know, teens scoring, uh, all defense, and that's what we want. You know, we talked about it in the beginning of the week. We want to be the reason we win, um, and our defense is getting better and better every single time we step out there. So, excuse me, every time we get out there. So, you already know, uh, big shout out to the whole, um, the whole defensive staff, the whole fucking defense, the whole offense. Everybody was out there dialed in, you know. We made the plays when it was necessary. We talked about it. It's about five to six plays every single game, and we made the plays that were necessary to get the dub. So big shout-out to the fucking fans, too. Y'all were out there lit, and we got a big win for y'all. So now, short week. We got the Patriots coming up next, and we got to get another one. So we're dialed in. 100%. Dude, the defense was flying around. Obviously, you were buzzing around, running gassers, sideline to sideline. I mean, seriously, bro, you're diving, you're laying out. Uh, it was truly so fun to watch. The defense stepped up in so many ways. Spillane, monster game. Yes, sir. He has no yes. neck, but a no. monster game. That boy you is know, strong. No. <laughs> strong ass neck. He has strong perfect neck and trap and sense no love. No, he's he has, my hero. Yeah. So let's dive into the game a little bit. Um, obviously. I just want to ask your opinion, Max, um, how you feel the offense from the Green Bay Packers standpoint, um, how they looked or what you're anticipating. Obviously, they're transitioning from the go Aaron Rodgers. So go. just curious how you feel about that. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, they got a lot of talent, bro. That's one thing Green Bay has, including the quarterback. You know, Jordan Love is young. He's, I think, had six starts so far in the NFL. Um, the dude can make all the throws. He's athletic, strong dude. Um, so we knew it was going to be a challenge. Um, A.J. Dillon, you know, they have multiple running backs, multiple young receivers that can make plays. Um, and they got a great coach. You know, LaFleur is from that, that Shanahan tree. Um, so you already know it's going to be difficult. So going into the game, we knew it was going to be a challenge. Um, but the guys responded. You know, we talked about turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. We're like, we only had one turnover so far this year. Um, <clears throat> but it's all about 
shots at goal. And we keep going for the ball. We keep attacking the ball. We're closer in coverage. We're getting to the quarterback, and, you know, big things happen. So, um, obviously, Spillane, big shout-out to the boy, Western Michigan Bronco. Um, that's my brother, man. He, he showed out, had two picks. And then Amik Robertson. Nobody gives this man his love. This dude, every time he goes in the game, he fucking makes plays. So, big shout-out to Meek. That dude, I know he's been working. He stays quiet, and he waits for his opportunity. And that dude came out and, and made the biggest play of the game and, you know, sent us, sent us home with a dub. That pick was nasty. Like, it Disgusting, actually was. Disgusting, bro. It wasn't he was just floating. A, floating. Like, floating. he needs to get his own symbol after that. Him and Jordan, something similar. I thought he jumped him. way too early, and he just, like, stuck up there. I'm like, bro, no. I'm like, no, don't end like this. No, no, bro, no. All of a sudden, he just stuck. I thought my TV paused. Like, bad connection. <laughs> Boy, cookies. Bro, I'm telling you, that dude has a different different gear to him. He fucking, he's a ball hawk, bro. Bro, you can see yeah. it. I mean, that play was unreal. You would think that he was uh, the receiver on the play. But uh, something about getting the guys going, you just mentioned it. He had a huge play there. But also getting you going, I thought was interesting. I don't know if a whole lot of people peeped it. But Rashid, the tackle, obviously, for uh, Green Bay, looked like he was trying to pile drive you after the play overneath the, overneath the huddle or the pile, I should say. In a, from a competitive standpoint, yeah. Max, does that shit get you going? Because I know from a quarterback standpoint, I'm not really into the game, weirdly enough, until I really get hit. So for you, I can see the gears turning yeah. of you just losing your fucking mind and turning full maniac mode. And ever since that moment, you went AWOL. So did that help out? You see the head bob. AWOL. You see the head start <laughs> going. Like, you see it on yeah. the TV. You just this a lot. You know something's happening. <laughs> I'm here. Um, no, yeah, bro. Honestly, for me, like... I'm always, like, finding ways to get myself going. You know, I'm dialed the fuck in, you know, from from the start. But, like, I'm always, I'm talking shit. I'm fucking getting myself going to that point because I know how I need to feel to be at my best. And, like, I was talking mad shit to everybody in the beginning. And I already know Green Bay, you know, they before the game, they even told me, they're sending the house at you, blah, blah, blah. Like, and fucking Coach Basaccia, I know for a fact he was telling those guys, Fuck with them all game. Do extra shit. He hates it. He's going to snap. So, like, he's been around. Besides, he was around me for years. So, I already knew they were telling him to do that. And they were doing extra shit and extra shit. And so, like, for me, I love that because it's just, like, extra fuel. I, I swear to God, I was talking to my agent after the game. CJ, big shout out to CJ. CJ. Um, Go. Big, big shout out to CJ. Big Go. shout out to CJ. Um, after I get a penalty, I, and this is regardless of what game it is, in my career, I feel like every time I get a penalty – it just, I turn it up even another notch. And, like, I was pissed at myself. And Marcus Epps was like, come on, bro. On the sideline, he's fucking dialing. I'm like, this motherfucker flop, bro. I didn't, I was like, you didn't fucking see it. And so I was just fucking pissed. And I'm like, I bet. I'm not saying one more word. I'm about to look these motherfuckers in the eyes and whoop their ass. And, like, that's my mentality, um, you know, from then on. So, yeah, bro, I'm just happy we got the fucking win. And, uh, yeah, shit like that, it's, it just added fuel to the fire. I'm like, all right, you're going to play like that. We're going to do that. Then we're going to have to take another step. Okay, Jameis, relax. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but, yeah, that's, that's kind of where my mind was at. 100%. I know you don't need a whole lot to, uh, to set you off, and I know you're come in with that edge. But I just thought it was so funny because I knew it was game over from that moment on, and they woke the beast up, right? So um, let's get into it a little bit. DT, I know you want to probably jump in and ask something for Max um, into the game here. I mean, we're going to have to make this a weekly segment. It's the big sack, baby. 
Big Come on. Big Come sack. on. I mean, give me your big sack. So I found okay. this one interesting. Break break this one down for us. All right. Um, on that play, I don't, I don't, it happened so fast you really couldn't see, but there were three people sent at you on that play. Yeah. He had the, the receiver come in motion. He was supposed to chip you off the end. Tight end came out of the backfield. was supposed to man you up. And then the running back was supposed to also be his inside help. Talk us through how you made it through three people to get that. <laughs> yeah, so I think it was two plays before that. They gave me a similar look. It was a play action. Tight end comes at me. I fucking snatched him up, threw him down, and there was another receiver coming or a tight end or whatever. And he was a second guy. And I, like, spin moved off of it. But I was at a bad angle because the tight end, when I first beat him, I was not at a correct angle to get to the quarterback. So my initial reaction was spin, and I didn't get home, and the ball got out. So I'm like, fuck. Like, I liked my first move, but I didn't like how I reacted to the second block. So when they ran that shit again, I was like, just stay on the edge. Because all they're going to do is try to keep me in there, and, and I just need to fucking go. So they literally ran that same play like two plays later. And so I beat the first block. I just fucking met it head on. And then the second guy coming in, instead of spinning, I just dipped that shoulder and, and got home. So, yeah, plays like that, bro, it's like I take a mental image. I'm like, all right, if I see this fucking look again, I'm going to play it this way. And uh, that's kind of, you know, that's the beauty of football, bro. Like coaches, if something works, they're going to do it. They're going to do it again. And I always remember that. So like formation, certain things I key in on it during the game. And I'm like, all right, bet they're going to, they ran this shit right, you know, two plays ago. So I need to just fucking go and end up getting home and getting them down. So it was, it was a big play, bro. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, even, I mean, in, you, even in the run game there, they had a, uh, I think it was that the beginning of the second quarter, you had that big TFL, right? They're trying to get you yep. upfield and they're swiping that tight end and, I mean, as a guard, right, you know, when you're pulling, it's fucking hard, right? If, the, if he's upfield or he's hugging that, that down block, you got to, like, kind of turn yeah. the edge and seal it. You, you had this dude running on a squiggly line, hit him with an inside <laughs> step, went around him, and then made a big TFL. So is that their game plan yeah. that they typically do is, hey, we're going to try and get Max upfield, kick him out, and take him out of the play? Yeah, you know, they, they like to do a lot of different shit, and that's what I've realized. You know, coaches are fucking getting better and better and better. And they're always trying to make me slow down. Yeah. And I know that. You know, all the top rushers will tell you the same thing. They're going to try to make me think and try to overreact to certain things so I'm out of the play, take myself out of the play. So, um, yeah, you know, there, that was a different instance. Like, we get down. They had that big bomb. Marcus gets the tackle, luckily. Horse collared him. But that was honestly one of the biggest plays in the game because we end up holding them to three right there. But it was first and first and goal from the fucking five yard line or three. What is it? Three yard line. Mm -hmm. yep. And uh, this is just the game inside the game where they're in gun near tight ends on the ball. I'm supposed to be in a six tech. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to start in a seven. I'm going to get outside of them. Think I'm going to be, you know, on the outside. Then right before the snap, I get down into the to a six tech. I take one hard step into the C gap. He overreacts to it and I fucking club him. And make him fall and then just fire into the backfield. So it's like, for me, I'm always like trying to be one step ahead of them because I know they're trying to get, you know, two steps ahead of me at all times. So, you know, that's just the game inside the game. I'm trying to really make them fucking slow down and think. And once you do something like that, they're like, fuck, I don't know where he's going to be. Because typically guys are sitting in the C gap. They hold their gap, rip off. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I know it's not going to be that easy for me. They're not going to single block me and leave me alone. So I'm just going to keep fucking with them like how they fuck with me. And um, I constantly have to just try to mix it up on them and just trust my trust my technique and athleticism. 100%. Dude, I, I'm glad you said that a game inside of a game 
Um, because they were throwing hella bodies at you. I mean, I know you know that, but early and often throwing a lot of bodies, uh, chipping with the running back, tight end. I saw you just slowly as the game went on, move all the way out to that wide nine. I mean, you're a damn near line back corner. You and Marcus Peters are right there, like right fucking there. Yeah. I just thought, is that yeah. something that is a mental note to you to bump out just to give you more, you know, or more room to get on an island with the tackle or just be able to see the chips come in more so? Is that like just something you came up with in the game? Yeah, no question. And that's something that, you know, as a rusher, when you're getting chippers and shit like that, they want you to fucking come back inside because the chipper is going to try to hit you to slow your feet. And typically they'll chip and slide. So I know the fucking wave alignment are coming out. So for me, it's like, okay, how can I counteract that? Like sometimes I'm going to get super wide, beat the tackle right now. And then it puts the tight end or it puts the tackle in a fucking in no man's land. So like I got to beat the chipper right now because if I play around with them, then they're just going to be sitting there waiting on me. And typically, if they bring the slide, too, it's like you got a fucking wall in front of you. So for me, that's that's the game inside the game. Um, switching it up, giving them different looks, like how they give me different looks. Yep. i got to you know communicate with my D tackles as well. Hey, cover me on this one. I'm going to just fire inside and completely avoid the chipper, take the inside move, and then you wrap and cover me. So there's a bunch of different things. And like you said, that's the, that's the game inside the game is just making you know trying to stay two steps ahead of them while they're trying to do the same thing to me. Absolutely. And speaking of broken promises, even though we weren't talking about them, uh, when you got your sex, Sally, I saw you almost committing to what I asked yeah. for before the game, the heart with the break. I saw you performing it and going with the break, and then you threw it down. <laughs> you know, did you get lost in the sauce? Did you just have to go back to your signature leg kick through the door? I mean, what was going on there? I thought you or were did he get scared? The boys right there. He could have got fearful. Fearful could have happened. I have no idea. He could have got scared. The lights were bright. The stage was big. You think the lights are too bright? That's crazy. (laughs) Um, Honestly, I was fucking tired as shit, and I was—I made the biggest fucking door ever made, and just fucking kicked that motherfucker down. And honestly, I like that. I like that Sally a lot. You know, I think I'm gonna stick with it. I like the Ken Griffey. You know, just. Just keeping the people on their toes. So for me, that's just what I was feeling in the moment. You know what I'm saying? That might be 100%. the first time anybody's ever heard Max say he was tired. Well, Bro, I was, I was, I was tired. <laughs> I mean, how could you I not be? Tired. Like I said, you're running gassers, diving cross piles, at guys. I mean, dude, your energy is contagious. Like we said last week, um, it's got to get the guys on the defensive end rolling. I mean, holding them to 13 points—that's huge. Big dub for first dub at Allegiant this year. So fucking huge, big big yep. day by you guys. Um, but if you want, Max, let's j- let's break this up into the next segment. Let's do the dog of the day. Now it is our fucking segment, probably our favorite segment. You know, we got a lot of great ones, but this one is. in the heart. And it's a fucking special guy that got our dog of the day this week. It's the boy, Mac Product, Western Michigan, not much neck, all shoulders. Robert Spillane, the fucking man with the plan, had two picks. I think he would have had ten tackles, nine or eight ten tackles, tackles to everywhere. Nine or ten tackles. Dude was fucking everywhere. He should have had three picks. Um, the dark visor. The dark visor just on demon time. But this dude is a fucking dog, and every single day we go out there and practice, I look forward to it because this dude's out there early, he's looking for me, he's like a little kid, he's throwing the football around, he's 
running post routes and me and him are just fucking throwing it around and he just brings that fucking energy every single day he's the he's the type of guy you need in the locker room and you know especially playing linebacker you got to be sideline to sideline you got to be energy you got to be around the football and that dude is just getting better every single week so yeah the dude fucking loves football he's our dog of the day he was all over the place he was a big reason why we won the game so big shout out to robert spillane he knows i fucking love this dude um I literally, the coaches wanted me to call him on free agency, and he was like, Mike Tomlin's not going to let me leave, but I'm like, bro, (laughs) fuck that. You're coming to Vegas, and, uh, you know, we had a great conversation. The dude, you know, God bless, he is with the Raiders, and uh, he's just been getting better and better, so that's our dog of the day. Absolutely, man. I had the privilege of playing, well, I had a cup of tea with the Steelers and had the privilege to be with Spillane. Um, Dude literally has no regard for his body. I know you and I talk about that all the time, Max. He's literally just a perfect Raider. Zero. Right? Like, when you think of a Raider player, I know you're one of them, obviously. The fans love it, and we love watching it. But that dude does not care about his body or his brain. (laughs) No. (laughs) Not the brain. brain. Come on. Not the brain. He could be a very intellectual person. He's a great man. Um, But, no, you're you're spot on, bro. He, He loves football. Um, it's fucking, you can't hide it. You can't fake it. Um, the dude loves football and every time he goes out there, bro, he's fucking having fun. And I love being able to share the field with him. You know, another Mac fucking guy slept on, finally got his starting role in the league. Obviously the Yinzer Creel, he knows he was in Pittsburgh making an impact, you know, rotating in there, um, doing a lot of things on special teams, but you know, he's been a big part of, you know, our success so far. So like I said, dog of the day. Krill's you pants were growing when you called him a Yenzer. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You know that game for the uh, when we when you guys play the Lions, the Eagles play uh, the Broncos and Ipsy that Saturday. Yep. End of the month. I think winner Ooh. of that, the loser of that team should wear Eastern or Western to the next game. I don't know. Just an idea. You guys oh. talk it out. I'm not here. I'm just delegating. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> just just no, sprinkle like a little that. bit. Just a little, little Johnny Manziel on top of it. Yeah, yeah we're have good. To. Have to. Okay, so let's dive back into the Packers. Um, Max, obviously we talked about them throwing multiple bodies at you. Um, anything else schematically that you guys thought going into the game that they, they obviously stuck in with and continued to do? Or maybe they changed up, caught you guys by surprise tonight, if any at all? Um, you know, I feel like... Most of the things, you know, this is a big credit to Pat Graham, our D coordinator as well. Um, you know, we had a great game plan. Uh, we knew they were going to run screens, which they ran a lot of screens. We knew they were going to run some boots some play action, um, you know, take shots when necessary. But they were going to try to get rid of the ball, max protect, run the football. And they did that. They ran the ball a lot with A.J. Dillon. Um, I feel like we did a good job for the most part, you know, containing him. Um, so, yeah, you know, you got to give a credit to, to Matt LaFleur. You know, he's got a lot of young guys. And uh, they're getting better, and uh, they got a lot of talent. So, you know, big credit to them. But you know, we we just made a couple more plays, and we were able to get you know turnovers. It really that's what the NFL comes down to: is who's going to win the turnover battle. Uh, we had three, uh, we we forced three turnovers, and I think they had one. So, you know, we ended up winning the game, and you know that was the difference. Absolutely, and um, obviously, this wouldn't be the greatest podcast ever if we didn't talk about the one man, Devonte Adams. Um, obviously born and raised from the Himalaya Mountains. Uh, he's a fucking savage. 
And uh, really, I just want to know, there's a big hype going on between Devontae. You like that? Devontae uh, versus the Packers. <laughs> not expecting that. Devon, I don't think you guys picked up on it. I'm miles ahead of you guys. Devontae versus the Packers in the media is a huge headline, right, Max? So is that a real thing yeah. inside the locker room, or is that just for everybody else to talk about outside? And did you get any vibes from Devontae this week that it meant any more to him? Um, Honestly, you know, like you said, that's something you really don't talk about in the locker room. You know, obviously we know Devontae wants to go out there and ball out versus former team. Uh, it's not like they had some big bad breakup or anything like that either. So it wasn't like some, fuck the Packers, I need to. It was just Devontae Adams goes to work and he fucking balls out. And that's what that's what he does. But he was, I don't think he practiced. I think he missed two of the three practices or maybe all three of the practices this week because he had the AC joint um, from last game. So he was uh, he wasn't out there for most of the week in practice, so I knew he was battling some shit, and he still went out there and made some big plays and big moments. So, yeah, Devontae, bro, he's like like we talked about. He's a one-of-one, one, uh, the best receiver in the game, in my opinion, and he just continues to get better and better no matter what it is. He's going to constantly draw attention. You can't just leave him out there on an island. you got to have safety help. you got to double, um, and he still finds a way to make plays, and that's what, you know, that's what makes you know the great players great is no matter what the situation, you got to find a way, and, uh, you know, Devontae does that literally on a weekly basis his presence is just so like huge honestly bro he he is a decoy he is somebody you have to count for you're throwing two guys they're boxing them over there with two two corners um i mean just really freeing up the land for everybody else out there which obviously you got to pay attention to him like i said he is one of one so um monday night football for you obviously a little change of pace Sunday, you got to sit at home. I don't know if you're like every other degenerate like ourselves and turn on Red Zone, but what's Sunday uh, afternoons and the days like for you? And are you tuning in to Scott Hansen on the Red Zone? Oh, Scott Hansen 100% of the time. You know, even if we're playing, you know, we usually in Vegas time, we're playing on Sundays at, I think it's 1 o'clock our time, but, you know, we're always the second in the second hall of games. So I'm in the locker room always an hour before, you know, we're supposed to be there. And I'm fucking at my most calmest. I have my red zone. I have Scott Hansen talking to me for at least an hour and a half. And I'm tuning in, just watching football and just relaxed. Uh, that's what I do. And especially like a Monday night game, I'm at home majority of the day. So I'm chilling with Ella. And we, were, we had red zone on the whole time. We were, we were locked in. You know, yesterday we watched the uh, – we got to watch a lot of the Broncos-Jets game and, you know, see that fucking crazy ending. So – yeah, bro, I'm I'm a like you said, I'm a degenerate. I sit there, I'll watch football all fucking day, all literally all year round. It's there's nothing better. Did you know he doesn't fun fact, fun fact twelve. Yeah. I uh fun facts. I just saw earlier that he doesn't piss the whole the whole segment. Scott Hanser goes from the, the, the first slate to the end of the, the third, doesn't or the yeah, the second doesn't pee all day. I yeah, think that's no. faulty. I think that's no, faulty. He said it. He says I don't I think piss. It's faulty. How? I think it's faulty. So is he dehydrating himself Why? to get to that? Why stage? do you think it's faulty, dude? This because man there's, is training There's multiple himself. times. There's multiple times where he isn't the one broadcasting. They'll like go to live footage, and you'll have like Troy Aikman, or you'll have Tony Romo, or you'll have Pat McAfee, oh. or you'll have the Manning brothers. It might be like two or three minutes. I said the same thing. I had his back until my brother pointed it out. No like, way, oh, man. It's false. So you think <laughs> it's all it's all to Troy Aikman yeah. and he just fucking sprints to the bathroom? <laughs> hey, he might. He might. I think Scott Hansen needs to be under uh, review and maybe has a bottle underneath the table we, we just don't know about. 
don't know. Yeah, 100%. We need to Catherine. get him on the pod. Yeah, I mean, we do. <laughs> we need to get Scott Hansen on this podcast. Yeah, like, answer that fucking question. Great Back we need check. to know. He America said, needs to know. He says, I use the facilities twice in the last hour before the show begins. I've trained myself. Wow, hey. Great he PR we're going into 13, He's a professional. He said, we're going into 13, 12 years. I've trained myself. I dehydrate myself in the beginning of Sunday mornings, cut off all liquids, okay. don't drink okay. anything during the show. I apologize, Scott. Use the facilities. He's a legend. He's I, a legend. I believe that, me. too. Scott Hansen is a fucking honorable man. I believe 100%. A warrior. That's a fucking geek. Yeah. That's, a different, that's a different mental battle than many can... If he passes out, we know why. The motherfucker hasn't yes. drank water in fucking 48 hours. 100%. Yeah. He's I'm sure he walks. By the third, no real games. Absolutely. He walks off and probably <laughs> gets an IV God. like he just played fucking Monday Night Football. Scott's here for the real yeah. stuff. So. Um, well, then, yeah, if, you didn't didn't get to, if you did get to tune into the games yesterday, Max, I'm assuming you tuned in and watched the San Fran-Dallas game last night? Oh, yeah. Big time. Did you get to see the boy George Kittle when he scored the touchdown, lift his jersey up, and uh, show his shirt he had underneath? Did you catch that? Yeah, I did. So honestly, I didn't see it during the game. I was kind of, I had to go to the facility and, you know, go to meetings that night. So I kind of was on and off watching the game, but um, I didn't see that fucking picture until after. I think it was today when I seen the picture where it had the F Dallas and I thought it was Photoshopped. I'm like, there's no fucking way he did that, but he really did that. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the ultimate disrespect. You know what I mean? He took, he took it to that point, and he had three touchdowns, too. Was so that I on know his the guys first touchdown? Dallas are not happy. I'm not Did he sure. lift it on his know. first touchdown? I'm not I sure. But huge setup. The... Talk about big sacks. That motherfucker's got one. Yeah, I mean, he's not, he's not playing around. No. That no. shit is disrespectful. I know the guys in Dallas. I was just going to ask you that. About that so. You're close with Micah. You and Micah Parsons are obviously good buddies. You guys chop it up all the time. You know him, Micah. Yep. What do you think he's thinking about that whole ordeal? And obviously when they have to play him again, I know we're worried about the Raiders, but very curious like what your insight is on Micah and how they're going to take that moving forward. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I know Jonathan Hankins as well. He's on that D-line in Dallas and D-Law and all those guys. So, um, yeah, I can't imagine they took that lightly. Um, I think he responded to it, too. I seen a clip today where he was like, we're going to see him, and he was he was talking his shit. So, yeah, you know, anytime it becomes personal like that, you know, you don't forget that shit. And that's the NFL. Like, it's a very small community, and you remember everything. And uh, it's the same thing with the Jets, you know, the whole Jets situation with Denver. You know, the, everybody was talking about it. Um, you know, Nathaniel Hackett got disrespected by Sean Payton and all that shit. And, um, you know, you heard players on the Jets. They, they released a pregame speech of C.J. Uzoma. He's in the end zone. He's like, they made this fucking shit personal about he was talking his shit like those dudes really wanted to go get the dub for their coach so you know that's at the end of the day like as a team coaches players like when y'all are that close you spend that much time together and you have somebody on the opposite side like straight up disrespecting you you're like all right i'm, I'm gonna remember that shit and you know next time you go out there you definitely have it on the back of your mind absolutely store that in the uh the old memory bank right there um obviously yeah. morale is at an all-time high in here but it had to be, obviously, in the locker room, too. Can you just take us through what the locker room was like after that dub, what the message was throughout the guys? Was there a couple towel snaps going on, the boys getting geeked? <laughs> I'm going to take that as a yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, the guys were amped up. Um, 
Dave Ziegler was in there, hype as fuck. I love uh, that. Josh McDaniel. You know, the whole crew, the guys, right. the whole team was excited. You know, every time you get a win, bro, in the National Football League, it's it's a big, big moment. And uh, you put in so much work during the week to go out there and go perform and be at your best. And when you come out with a win, especially at home, after being one and three, it's like, yeah, we needed that win. We knew we needed to win. And, uh, yeah, we were fucking fired up. But like you said, it's it's a short fucking week. We got six days till we play the Pats. So, you know, tomorrow we start again, and, you know, we got to get locked back in and, and ready to go try to beat uh, New England. So the next segment here, guys, is a little bit of fan mail. So I know you guys have been dropping comments on social media. You guys are sending them into Max personally, and then hopefully you guys are dropping some comments down below. So if you guys are, we're going to get to the fan mail. We're going to pull a few questions every single week. And then as the show goes on, we're going to have some super cool prizes from you from the one and only Max Crosby. And we are going to make sure yes, that you guys sir. are taken care of. So Max, uh, three to five questions. D, he's going to read them off to you and just give you a little response back to the fans. All right, our friend Saul said, if you could be an edge rush duo tandem with any player in NFL history, who would it be? Ooh-wee. Um, damn, NFL history? Fuck, there's a lot of great ones. Um, that's fucking hard. Um, honestly, Warren Sapp. There's, there's three that come to mind. All right. No, literally. No, that's one of my three. Okay, Warren thank Sapp. You. I'm a Marinelli. I'm a Marinelli guy. So, Warren Sapp. I've met him multiple times. We got a relationship. He's a fucking awesome dude. Great, great fucking player. Obviously, Hall of Famer. Warren Sapp's arguably the best three tech to ever play the game. So, um, yeah, Warren Sapp for sure. I think we would be a fucking crazy duo. Um, you gotta put Aaron Donald in there. Aaron Donald is a fucking menace and. Obviously, somebody I look up to, um, just the way he impacts the game on a on a daily basis. That dude is fucking different. So yeah, Warren Sapp, Aaron Donald. Then I gotta throw it, throw it back a little bit. I would have to say Lawrence Taylor. Man, Lawrence yeah. Taylor. You hear you know the guys talk about him. Obviously, he was before our time, but people talk about him and they're like, yeah, that was the best defensive player to ever play the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was able to play on the edge, play a linebacker. Um, but that dude is just fucking relentless from start to finish. So. I would definitely have to say those three, those are my, my top three for sure. And, oh, yeah. and just for the fans and the, the average person out there, two of his three were three techniques. That's a valuable yeah. valuable asset to a DN, not another DN on the other side. No, 100%. You know, you got to give love to the three tech. Shout out Adam Butler, shout out Bilal, shout out Jerry Tillery, shout out John Jenkins, all the big boys in there. And then, hey, obviously, I what up, Slime? Hey, so... Slimey. D, I know you got another question, but a question that I saw that stuck yeah. out to me, Max. I know you. I know you'll appreciate. Uh, fatherhood is an important thing to you. Uh, Brie Flores message and said, "How has becoming a father changed you?" Ooh, that's honestly. Uh, a I'm sure more ways than one. Question. <laughs> um, yeah, hundred percent. You know, for me, um, being a dad, being a girl dad, especially, has changed how I look at life in general. Um, it's been the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Um, she is a queen. I think about her and everything I do now is revolved around her and she's the goat. You know, she's about to be one years old. Every time before I go out on the field, I'm praying and literally talking to her, you know, um, talking to her in my prayers, talking, you know, just thinking about her all the time because it just gives a different perspective. Um, 
it's just something you can't explain. You know, for me, I've never thought I could love something that much. And when you have your own daughter, your little twin, um, it just, it makes you, it gives me even more motivation. You know what I mean? It just makes me want to be the best version of myself every time she sees me play or just when I'm in the house or when I'm with her, it's like everything is for her. And it just, it changes my perspective on everything. So yeah, Ella Rose, she is a queen and yeah, she, she literally changed everything for me. A queen and definitely your twin. And uh, we definitely can't wait to celebrate her birthday this weekend, Twinning man. Them. Can't wait to, to see her light up and open some gifts. You know what yeah. I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's got she's got a dope-ass gift coming. I can't wait I love it, for you all to see it. She's going to be it. out here thriving. Hell, yeah. From Aaron Hoffman, 1994. Aaron Hoff. Let's How go. do you get yourself mentally prepared before games? What's your go-to? Ooh. Yeah, you know... Sosa. <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely some the Sosa. Ride in, yeah. Definitely some Sosa. Um, you guys know that. Um, but no, definitely when it comes to game day, I'm at my calmest. You know, for me, all week I'm preparing. I'm doing everything from you know rehab to you know prep to practice to taking care of my body. Everything, the film. I'm getting to the point, you know, where I'm beyond prepared. So by the time I get to game day, it's like okay, now I need to take a deep breath. And I'm, I've, I know the work has been put in, so I'm at my calmest. I just focus on the mission, you know, in front of me. I try to just relax my mind, calm down. I get in the locker room an hour early, you know, before anybody's there, and I just reflect and relax and throw a lipper in, and I just get mm. my mind right, put some Chief Keef on, get some, you know, a mixture of all type of things, Lil Dirk, you know, the whole the, – the playlist is crazy. But, yeah, I'm just chilling. I'm calm. I'm getting my body ready. I'm getting my stretches in. Shout-out Alex Guerrero. Uh, shout out Rick Slate. Um, you know, I got the whole crew, you know, that takes care of me and, and, you know, make sure I'm at my best when it comes to game day. So, yeah, I'm just ready. I'm locked in. Um, and I'm just at that calm mind. It's like, okay, now I don't have to worry about anything. There's no restrictions. I don't have to worry about not hitting the quarterback in practice. I don't have to worry about any of that. It's like now I just get to fucking go out there and put on a show for the world and the fans. So, yeah, the, when I get to game day, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm alive. That's the only way to describe it. It's, it's like the most purest form of joy when I go out there and just – you know, be able to put on, you know, for, for everybody watching. So dope. Powerful. So dope. All right, we got two more. We got two more. We got uh, Triplia64 asks, what does your sack Sally mean to you? Ooh. Um, yeah, you know, we talked about it a little bit. You know, for me, it's whatever I'm feeling in that moment. You know, I kind of – I'm, I'm a big – uh, you know, I'm big on manifestation, so I like to fucking visualize what I'm going to do or how, the, you know, my TFLs are going to look. How, how am I going to get this sack on, you know, whatever quarterback I'm going against, whatever tackle I'm going against. Um, I'm visualizing it all week, so I'm like, yeah, I got this in the back pocket. Whatever I'm feeling in that moment, that's what I'm doing. And, uh, you know, I send it to you guys. I'll send you the fucking Ken Griffey before the game. I think yeah. this game was the Mike Tyson just looking at the motherfucker, just dialed in. Like, that was where I was at after I got that penalty. I'm like, all right, bet. And that was my whole mindset. So, yeah, for me, I just, like I said, like I'm alive. Like I'm at my most purest form and I'm out there playing and doing what I do. And it's like I just fully express myself and whatever I'm feeling. There's no restriction. It's not like it's fully planned or anything like that. It's just whatever I'm feeling in the moment. And, yeah, you know, that's that's a big part of it. It's entertainment at the end of the day. And I feel like I'm an entertainer. You know, every time I go out there, I'm putting on a show for, for everybody watching. And, you know, not only Raider fans and the people I love, my circle, but, like, everybody in the world that hasn't seen me play football, I want to be an example of what it's supposed to look like, you know, every time I step out there. Beautiful. You're doing it, bro. You're doing it. 
No, I appreciate y'all, man. Always. It's a fucking, it's the greatest thing ever. Y'all know that. Shit. All right, last. Do you got one more for the boy? Well, last question from Emerson dot Palumba. Best advice for young athletes. Ooh, um, this is a great question. Um, I think for young athletes, the number one thing you know that's changed my career is I've gotten older and you know I've gotten more years under my belt playing playing football is just routine like my routine is like my fucking holy grail you know i i care about my routine and what i do on a daily basis it's my life from when i step in the building at 6 a.m to when i'm out at 6 30 it's like i have to do everything to an exact t and it's like i'm not thinking about it because i do it every single day and it's all year round from meal prep to all these things um i'm just dialed in and for me, that's what prepares me to go into the game, and that's where it eliminates all the anxiety. I go in, I know I'm ready to go, um, and that's it. But uh, I got a FaceTime from Marcus Peters coming right now, so maybe he could be a little guest on the What's show. Up, What's up, What's up? MP. What up, brother? Hey, I'm doing my podcast right now. You wanna you wanna say what's up to the people? What's up with it? It's the real daddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, I love sir. you, bro. I bet I got you. That's my guy right there. It's a fucking legend. Marcus Peters. Yes. Truly. And John with those dudes Goated. on the sideline. Oh, he's always he's about always about that. He's about that. I love it. Oh, when he's not. Yeah, he doesn't play. No, he doesn't play. And it's funny because he's always the first guy. Max, just calm down a little bit. Just just a little bit. In <laughs> yeah. practice, I'm like, if I'm if Marcus is telling me to calm down, I need you to know, fucking calm yeah, down. You know, so you know, yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely I take his advice. You know, yeah. he's a to be real, like he's one of the best vets and like OGs I've ever been around because he he's seen it all, he's been through it all, he's had ups and downs as far as you know people give him the bad rap for his personality, but like that dude is a fucking genuine, just just a real ass dude, and uh, yeah, he's he's a goat, man. Another Wasserman product, baby. Shout out, big Was in the house, hey. big time, big shout out, Jameis, getting a lot Dougie of love Fred. with the W's tonight, a lot of Jameis dubs, one hundred percent. Hey, um. Yeah. I thought I had a question for you, but I feel like I don't. Uh, oh, I do. Max, I don't know if you saw this or not. Talk to me. But I think this is super dope. Uh -oh. I'm sure you'll appreciate it too. But the one and only Lewis Riddick. Uh, Slime, I know you're in here. We'd love to get this tweet popped up when we get it going. But Lewis Riddick tweeted, Execute your profession with the effort that Max Crosby uh, executes. Wow, I'm a good reader. His and you'll be all right. Actually, he said I, but you know, but still, what do you th take from that? And do you, I know you're so caught up in the moment from the outside in, though. Like, is that something you carry every single day? I know you wear this game as your literally entire heart, but when you hear someone like that who's that credentialed just to say, speak about you at a high level, what does that mean to you, man? It means the world. You know, for me, I, I care about everything. You know, for me, I want to be viewed in the way that I view myself. You know what I mean? I put in so much work. I want to be the best at what I do. I want to fucking win. And I want to show, like I talked about, I want to show the world like what it's supposed to look like playing the defensive end position. And uh, yeah, you know, Lewis Riddick, that's my fucking guy, man. He uh, he's he's been great. He's always been supporting me since day one. Um, so yeah, you know, hearing stuff like that from him and you know guys like Troy Aikman, all these dudes, like that's what it's all about. You know, the OGs, the the legends of the game in the past coming coming through and you know showing their respect. Like I take that very seriously. And like like we talked about, like how the Raiders, the, the Raider OGs, the Ted Hendricks, the Charles Woodsons, when they come to practice, like that's another added motivation when they're out there and watching us practice and doing stuff at camp. Like I want to put on a show for them because I know how much, 
you know, they put into the game and how much they love the game. And I want to show them, like, listen, if I was in the 80s, if I was born back then, like, I would have been one of y'all. And I want to, I want to show that every single time I'm out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then another, in, in other news around the league, not so much news. Speaking of another tweet, Jamar Chase last week said he's always fucking open. Uh, and then he come out. He comes out and has a career day. <laughs> and then I don't know if you caught his tweet. I'm hoping we can get that tweet right here down below. But he tweets just 7-Eleven. <laughs> that motherfucker's open. Did, who's the best trash talker? I love it. I a think picture it's so of 7-Eleven. A picture of 7-Eleven. Who's the best there. trash talker that you've gotten to share the field with, Max? It could be on the opposing team. Could even be Marcus Peters, your boy on your own on your own team. But in your opinion. <laughs> Honestly, uh, that's tough. Um, yeah, I mean, that was the first name that came to my mind was Marcus Peters because he's so authentic and he's so real about it that he's not fucking around. He's not just talking <laughs> shit. He's dead-ass serious. And I'm like, okay, Marcus, any, at any moment, shit can pop off. So he doesn't play. And his go-to is, where are you from, homie? Where are you from? Every single time. Bro, he has me fucking weak. So, yeah, you know, he's he's a legend. But, yeah, there's a lot of guys. You know, you see guys like, you know, I think it's Yair Alexander, Jair. Um, I think I'm pronouncing it right. But he's one of those guys that's always talking his shit in the media. But he backs it up. And, like, guys like that, that's a different level of confidence. And, you know, there, there's a lot of guys in the league that, that talk that shit. But, yeah, you know, for me, it's like, I, when I look at, like, certain type of shit talkers, like, there's levels to it. Like, you hear, like, stories about Kobe. That's why I love Kobe so much. Like, and Michael Jordan. Like, those dudes really fucking lived in people's brains. They put instilled fear before they even stepped out on the court. And guys like Larry Bird as well. Like, people sleep on Larry. La Everyone talks about how Larry was, like, the biggest shit talker. But, like, that's a part of the game. You can get a little edge on somebody. And then you go out there and bust their ass early in the game and then it's like, oh shit, now they're thinking about everything. You know what I mean? They're overthinking, they're they're worried and that's, you know, as a player, you want to just find that little advantage. So, yeah, there's a lot of guys out there talking that shit, but Marcus Peters, he's he's definitely, he's got to be up there for me. I love it. Yeah, no, Michael Jordan's definitely top 200 best player in the world, LeBron at number one, but that's for another time for you and I to just argue our face off at Fuck each other. No. <laughs> Absolutely not, but we're not going to go there. No, we won't go there. Day. But major respect to LeBron, though. He's he's definitely number three or four. Yeah. All right, y'all. This is the rush segment of the show. We're going to be breaking it down. Three rushmen of the week. I'm going to start with the boy Jalen Carter, Georgia product, Philadelphia Eagle. This man has been ever since he got in the league. Um, I think it's what he's played five games. This dude has been wrecking games. Uh, he's on limited snaps. He's playing around 30 snaps a game. Dude goes in there and wrecks shit. Um, I seen him play against the Rams on Sunday. Uh, he had two sacks. Um, he's playing at a high level versus the run and pass. So he's going to be our first guy of the night. You know, Jalen Carter, got to give you know, a major shout-out to him. Uh, I, you know, I got to meet with him in the pre-draft process when he came to, you know, came to the city. And uh, he was a great kid, so you know that kid's just getting better and better, and he's he's gonna be scary. You know, it's scary for a long time. Uh, our second guy, Trey Hendrickson, the boy, no gloves. Cincinnati Bengal, Florida Atlantic. The dude is a no gloves, long sleeves. You know, it's uncanny, but he is out there balling. He had two and a half sacks. I think he finished the game with a strip sack. Uh, the dude is just constantly producing. You know, ever since he. Uh, 
he signed with Cincinnati. The dude's taking it to another level. And, uh, you know, I got a major respect for him. You know, we, we, we've been going to the Pro Bowl last two years together. Um, so, you know, he's another, you know, rush brother of mine. So you got to, you know, you got to give him his respect. Dude, two and a half sacks again. The dude is constantly getting after the quarterback. So, um, yeah, major respect to Trey Hendrickson. Number three, the final one, Zach Sealer. Ferris State, big body bends. Dude is a monster. He is slept on. The dude is slept on. I learned about him through Adam Butler and John Jenkins. They were with him in Miami. And every time they showed Miami clips, we watched it in, you know, in film and everything like that. And you just see this big-ass white dude, looks like a hill giant, just making <laughs> fucking plays. Dude's like 6'7", massive dude. Plays nose, plays 3-tech, plays 4-eye, plays 5-tech. The dude plays all over the D-line. He doesn't get talked about much, but he had seven tackles, two sacks um, in the game this week. And uh, he's, a, he's a difference maker. If you've got a guy like that who can play all different positions and disrupt and, you know, continuously make plays, you know, guys like that is, are, are the ones that are slept on. You know, he reminds me of like a, you know, you got guys like Quentin Jefferson, you know, when I had him two years ago. The guys that don't get talked about a ton, but they're out there making a difference constantly. You know, I think about a Danico Autry, dude in Tennessee. The guy hasn't made a Pro Bowl but he's one of the most feared interior five-tech rushers, and he doesn't get his major respects, you know, because obviously they got guys like Jeffrey Simmons getting big sack numbers and Harold Landry, but, like, Danico Autry is really the engine behind that. So Zach Sealer, I look at him. I'm paying him his, uh, you know, major props because I feel like he slept on, but he just keeps getting better and better every single year. So big shout-out to him. And he's coming from D2, Ferris State. You would never expect it, but the dude's out there fucking balling. So that is the rush segment, the top three of my, you know, top three guys I picked this week. Um, you know, major respect to all of them. They're balling and, you know, wrecking games. Obviously, Max, we talk about this all the time, 24-hour rule, probably a little bit less than that with a short week playing on Monday night. Uh, Bill, uh, Bill Belichick led, uh, not offense, but team, rather, and uh, you obviously are coming from a Patriot way coaching staff as well. What are you anticipating really quick prematurely heading into the Patriot week? Yeah, you know, every time you play the Patriots, you've got to be on point. You know, they, uh, they do a lot of different things defensively and offensively. You know, they, uh, you know, they've had their struggles, but we've had our struggles as well. Um, but, you know, these two coaches, you got Coach McDaniels, you got Bill Belichick, they know each other in and out. So it's going to be another, you know, hard-nosed defensive game and who's going to make the least amount of mistakes. So we're looking forward to it. Last, you know, last year um, they had the craziest ending literally ever. Uh, but it was a, it literally came down to the fucking final seconds of the game, and we we pulled it out at home. So uh, we got to get another win. Uh, we know that. So it's going to be like you said. It's not even a 24-hour rule. It's about a 12-hour rule. Once I wake up, we're going to be on to New England, and uh, we just got to be prepared because you know they're well coached. Belichick, one of the best coaches of all time. You know, no matter what anybody has to say. Yep. Um, so yeah, we know it's going to be a big challenge. We're we're definitely looking forward to it. Like so, <clears throat> growing up, obviously playing football or even spectating football as us being young fans, obviously the game has changed tremendously in the rules and um, I don't want to call it a now QB favorable league, but it is very favored in the QB direction, right? Um, yeah. And for good for good um reason. Uh, I don't want to say it's for wrong reason. But what is it? I know I'll go to one play. You are getting lined up like three yards outside of um, pretty much the tight end. Took one step upfield, then directly beelined all the way back across field. Came underneath of the opposite B B gap. Came scot free. The center and the guard kind of like bumped stomachs. Like where the fuck did this dude come from? Way over <laughs> yeah. there. Didn't think you were coming. 
but then Jordan Love got rid of the rid of the ball. What's your clock of like just laying into someone of a QB? Like, what is your timetable of what's your like? You're coming through the line, and he's like just getting rid of the ball. And I know you want to smoke him to just like growing up, like that's a DN. It's what you want to do. You want to get a sack. You want to get a hit. But you can't also fuck up and get a 15 yard penalty as well. Yeah. So where do you kind of measure? Like, what's your kind of rule of thumb? And again, it favors to if you're playing Mahomes or if you're playing a Rodgers to where if you're playing you know a rookie or someone young, you're not. They're not going to get the same calls to where you could be a little bit more aggressive with them. Are you, or is it kind of the same across the table? Yeah, honestly, you know, it's like you said, you know, it's the game has changed. You can't just go and fucking lay out quarterbacks like you used to. Thank you. Um, but yeah, on that on that play, <laughs> yeah. Um, but on that play, like I'm looping in, I could have fucking cleaned him. But we talk about it all the time. We have danger calls. Like if it's third and fifteen, third okay. and twelve, things like that. Like you cannot have a penalty in this situation. So I came clean as hell. I could have really fucking laid him out, but. Um, I got a nice hit on him and disrupted him enough, um, and I knew the ball was coming out anyway, so I didn't want to go and lay him out and land on him or anything like that. So, yeah, it's in the back of your mind, but, like, when you're playing, you're not necessarily thinking about, all right, if I get home, am I going to – it's just, like, kind of in the – you're kind of feeling it out. You know what I mean? Like, if you're a little late, you don't want to go out there and just smack him in the chin or anything like that because you don't want to risk or hurt the team. So, yeah, situations like that. Um, you know, you got to be smart. You know, nowadays it's it's a little bit different, and we all know that. And you know, first off, people were freaking out about the roughing the passer calls and things like that. But um, for me um, and all the guys, you know, obviously up front, you got to be conscious of it. You can't be egregious with it. Um, and the refs have done a better job. You know, they're not calling it every single time. It's got to be like really egregious and ridiculous, or hit them in the head or something like that. Um, but yeah, you know, the league's gotten better with it. Um, they're not just protecting the quarterbacks. They're at the end of the day, you know, you got to be able to be under control when you're when you're getting out to the quarterback. So, you know, I feel like in those moments, you just got to be smart, especially on a danger call. It's third and 15. You can't get a penalty. It would fucking, you know, give them life again. And, you know, in that one, I've, I hit him in the chest, and I was like, I put yeah. my hands up. I'm like, yeah. I didn't do anything. Yeah. And the ref was like, great job. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> say less. And I just got off the field, and, sure. you know, we kept moving. Yeah. So, so reassuring yeah. from the Lions, line coach or line ref. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right, y'all. That's all we got for episode two of The Rush with Max Crosby. I got my brothers with me. Brogan, Roback, Darian Terrell, Dustin Creel, my brothers. Slime in the background doing, you know, everything we need them to do. Uh, killing shit. But I appreciate you guys, man. We're going to be coming every single week. We're going to be coming with new content. And this is going to be more and more. We're going to give you the inside, the behind the scenes, the underneath the helmet perspective of what we got going on, you know, in Raider Nation. So I appreciate you guys. Like and subscribe right below. We appreciate you. Again, this is The Rush. We're out of here. Raiders. The W. Duh.